Michael Holt. Atlas. What's up, my man? Pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for coming on the program. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's an honor, my man. Here we are, number 700 together. Yeah, it's a good number. It's a beautiful number. It's perfect to share it. Mm. I love having you on for this one. Yeah, I'm grateful to be here, man. Glad we're connected. Yes. And what an epic topic for two men that have been focusing so much of their energy on this process mm. to unpack. Mm-hmm. I love it. We're going to be talking about all things masculinity, spirituality, well-being, flourishing. So pumped for this. Michael's got Savage and Saint. He's got Tribe, Men's Community. He's got a lot to share with us. So I'm pumped for this to be number 700. And you can find the links in the bio below as we discuss to look through the topics that we're talking about because there's a lot of good content over there let's start with the journey yes who were you growing up how did you end up figuring out that this was your path um in a nutshell i just got really lucky the luckiest man alive um i like to say I think most people who are called to a deep path of meditation typically get just enough pain to catalyze the inquiry, uh, not enough to actually destroy them, but enough to dig a little deeper into what this is all about. So I grew up in Philly, um, in the suburbs outside of the city, blue collar neighborhood. And um, I had a good childhood, good family, good friends. The, the vibe is in, on the East Coast generally. And especially where I'm from is pretty rough around the edges, you know. <laughs> so if you were to tell me then or like in my late teens or even when I moved out to L.A. at the age of 24 that I would be. Uh, making my way in the world, doing what I do now, I would have said, what, what, how is that even possible? Uh, so. Yeah, I mean. I found meditation. I have a teacher who says people who are called to the practice tend to occupy two extremes of the spectrum. If you extrapolate all of a population on a bell curve, most people are in the middle. Life isn't so good. Life isn't so bad. Things are what they are. Okay. Uh, things are okay. And then at the other end are people who are really jacked up internally. They just can't get in the game. You know, they're really suffering. And then at the other extreme are people who are very successful from the outside looking in but because they've gotten everything that they thought they wanted they're left feeling empty because mm. it doesn't fill them up so anyway i come from the other end of things there was a time in my life where i was really down and out uh, depression using alcohol um, getting in fights getting in trouble and i got to the point where i was like man this what is going on uh, i can't seem to stop myself from doing these things you know and so I wanted to come into right relationship with my mind and meditation seemed mm. like a, in desperation. Yeah. I turned toward the path and luckily I found some really, really good teachers who gave me some really, really good tools and modeled what's possible in this practice. And uh, yeah, I just, I really went for it. 
interesting how you started that off with the idea that we like to analogize the human to the tree and that if the nutrients are deprived of the roots of the tree, then it can't flower the fruits. Mm -hmm. And similarly with the human, if there's an excessive amount of traumatic deprivation of nutrients, it also can't produce fruit. But if there's a little bit of deprivation of some nutrients, it can kind of act like as an anti-fragile nudge to like take the stressor and incorporate it into its growth. And be stronger for having had the experience. Yeah, I dig that. And you're spot on with that because we've had back when our studio was in San Francisco and downtown, we had on Stevenson Street on our back alley, we had a lot of souls that had undergone the extremely severe deprivation of nutrients. And there's it's really tough to bounce back. But for maybe people like us and there's many others that come on the program that basically have identified that they've taken their traumas and they've turned them into treasures. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate how you brought that up first. And then it was interesting hearing, I want to unpack this a little bit more with you as much as you're willing to share when you're growing up and you're falling into some of the, the alcohol, the depression, the fights, mm-hmm what was that about how did it happen and also what was the turning point when did meditation i know you said that there was a a a low and it was finding that last ditch what's the thing that will get me out and did that happen before la yes it did yeah, and actually, if I really look back in my life, even as a very young boy, I can remember like um, being out even in the backyard or in nature and just sitting still and just getting very, very still Yes. to the point where I felt like if I get still enough, no one can see me. Mm. So there was, I think there was always this soul calling to contemplative practice. But as I got older into adolescence, I kind of lost my way and... Um, yeah, my father was is is a good man. I think his father was very hard on him, so he that's how he learned. So there was some hardness in the home, and then I ran around with a pack of guys who were just like me, who had their own pain that they weren't willing to confront, and we're all pushing each other into getting into more trouble. And that starts when we're eleven, twelve, and just kind of snowballs till we're you know getting older. Now we're getting in serious trouble, and I got to the point where I th- my operating system as a rambunctious young man was like, this is my wild youth and all this trouble that I'm getting in will sort itself out one day. You know, I'm supposed to do this now. So I have some crazy stories when I'm older, but then I got, I, I I got into some real trouble and it was like, man, this isn't just going to go away. You know, you got to have a look at yourself and you got to figure out why you do these things. You You have to, you have to, Learn to love yourself because at that point in my life, I, I really didn't. I didn't. And I, I also didn't know that that, that was um, that learning to love yourself was actually a, a real act, a radical act of courage. Uh, this is not something that we were taught where I'm from. 
I love that. I love that. This is a frequent happening for the young, especially boys, is that do it for the stories. Yeah, do it for the story. <laughs> Definitely live those years. And we got some good old stories, man. I've, for, I've forgotten some of them. Totally. And then yeah. when you go back to the homies they're like yo remember when yeah, yeah. oh they're, they're real quick to check real, me yeah, to yep, check, yeah yep. exactly exactly yeah. and i'm still great friends with all those guys i came up yes, with man likewise. which is a blessing yeah but we got in we got ourselves into some trouble and then this pivotal moment though is that it's a check because i remember similarly for me it's like 18 years old freshman year college slamming two of the super senior quintuple shots back one after that but then going face first into the door into the side of the door right yeah yeah. and then the next day it's like it's not that big of a deal right but then what is the you know that's like the feather as the trigger right wake up but then what happens is a couple months later, it's like, you know, Caribou Lou, like 151 Bacardi rum and, you know, mixed with a lot of sugar, pineapple juice and stuff. It's like slam, 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 blackout drunk in the hospital, blood alcohol content, 0.33, almost dead. Mm-hmm catheter rescued thank goodness to medicine system that's a sledgehammer because it forces what you described as consciousness needing to investigate its own nature right at what point am i going to take my mind body spirit complex entity to the realization of I am need to treat this like a divine vehicle yeah. and home and that I can take what I experienced as the sledgehammer, this awakening that I went through and I can become wise and I can help other people heal, integrate and achieve more transcendent noble aims than short term style behaviors like so Mm. and that's something that i don't know if all boys actually get nudged into doing because it's usually what sends men onto more of a spiritual path yeah well not all boys go to not all boys or young men go to that extreme that you described that that you've done and i've done i think for me I'm an intense individual, and when I uh, do something, I go all the way in. And there was a time in my life where I went all the way in to be in a uh, derelict. It's my nature. So I just have to choose my addictions very carefully. And now I've become quite addicted to health and the cultivation of a clear mind and an open heart and uh, developing as a martial artist and being of service. And those are all really good things to be addicted to because they make me feel really good. Yeah, that's a huge transition. Okay, so let's let's see how, 
how it happened when you started to realize that we need to undergo this process of investigating our health our wellness our mind our attention our own awareness I know you said that there were the experiences when you were younger when you were just sitting and very still and that those are very important but then the transition from the boy to the man right walk us through that and then the move to LA take us through that yeah so um like I said I had gotten in some trouble with the law and that was kind of a wake-up call for me like man you, you have to make some real changes and I'd already kind of been fostering an interest in spirituality I was raised Irish Catholic mm-hmm. and um, I went to Catholic grade school and Catholic high school and by the age of 17 before I even got out of the high school I was like this is bogus this don't make any mm-hmm. sense and the people who are teaching me this don't even know what they're talking about and I threw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. I started reading Dawkins and Hitchens and mm-hmm. Michel Onfray, and like I became like a militant atheist, <laughs> like hardcore. And um, I I don't know I I ran that through my nervous system for a while. I think it's what I had to do to really get rid of all the things I'd been taught about what God is and what I am. And there's an old man in the sky that gets bummed out if I masturbate. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 14 yeah. years old. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love the analogy because I also use that in high level perception in chapter seven, the sorting algorithm, the draining the bath, dirty bathwater, but keeping the baby, which yeah. is super important. But you, you and I both went through that process. We drained all the dirty yeah. bathwater, but then you have to get to go back and get the baby. I went yeah, back and back got, got, the got the baby. The baby. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So I started, um, <laughs> I, th- I read a Deepak Chopra book. It was called the book of secrets. And I'm not really a huge fan of his now, um, but I'd never read a book like that before. And then that took me to reading some Eckhart Tolle. And then I started sitting in my room. You know, I would set the timer for 10 minutes. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I had no idea, no training, no. I just tried to sit there and uh, I don't know. Am I meditating? Yeah, this is meditating. Okay. (laughs) But then I got curious enough in the practice where I wanted to seek out a teacher. I explored my area in my neighborhood at that time there's not really any meditation teachers around i went into the city i found a place called the shambhala center and i was totally outside my comfort zone when i walked in there i mean this was like a big step outside (laughs) the box of my life and my environment and my surroundings but the the place just didn't vibe with me it was i don't know what it was i wanted to jump out of my skin the whole time i was there um, shortly thereafter, I moved to Los Angeles because I could just feel, and I just had this intuitive call that I got to get out of here because I got to get right, and I don't know if I can do it here. I need a real reset. So I came out here. And that was Philly still. That's, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. So I was 24 years old. Me and my best friend got in his car and cruised out. We had a buddy who was already living here, so we all got a place together in Santa Monica, and I was just blown away. Like, yeah. Wow. Wow, California. What? what? Man. There's no snow here, too? Yeah. Shit. It's just total culture shock in a great way. Fell in love with it. You know, I was working on the East Coast for a couple summers as a beach lifeguard, and I just fell in love with the beach. Yep. And so yep. I got a spot in Santa Monica and just went to the beach every day and just connected to nature and the spirit. There it is. By this time, I had found a a reputable teacher here in Los Angeles. 
and uh, just started to sit with him and listen to what the guy had to say. And he's he's a man. His name's George Haas. We talked about him before. Mm-hmm. You know, the deeper I get in my practice, the more accurate my barometer for bullshit gets. And I know when someone's walking the walk, and I know when someone's talking the talk. But even then, back then, I knew George was walking the walk because he was speaking about things from a place of direct experience. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing necessarily spiritual about him. He's just a just a guy who's a deep meditation practitioner with a very gentle way of being. And I learned a lot from him. And uh, I did my best to commit to a daily practice and I would, you know, get two weeks in a row and then fail and then, you know, that's just what you got to do. But then I I decided to go sit on a retreat, you know, for three days. That was the first retreat I ever did. And it was, again, that was at that time in my life, this was like, Am I, have I lost my shit? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm yeah. out in the desert with a bunch of hippies. This yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 And nothing really profound happened on the on the three day retreat. You know, yeah. like I like to say, there was no moment where the the clouds opened and the sun came down and all was illuminated. Namaste. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it was just really three days of wrestling with my mind. Yes, but training that attention to keep an eye on your mind for three whole days with no distraction no eye contact no talking no nothing i never did anything like that before when i came back there was more space yes there was more opportunity for peace yes there was more responsiveness and less reactiveness and only three days so i start to think okay there's something to this stuff so then i go sit for a week and then sit for two weeks and then sit for four weeks and just the practice unfolds in ways you never thought possible you just have to do it yeah you know you just have to do it and lucky for you for me life handed me the circumstances that said hey give this a shot you know just enough pain to try yeah so lucky me bless the moments that come through where there's a an intuitive guidance compass direction movement with homies over to California for both of us and that that also guidance of being with the ocean being with mother nature on the beach like that also the the again breaking through some of the stereotypical taboos that culture sort of indoctrinates onto the social fabric which are things like why would you ever go and sit in complete silence yeah man why would you waste your time when i started like really making retreat practice a part of my year like go sit three or four retreats a year people would ask me like yo are you okay what's going on with you man are you crazy yeah Yeah. now here's the thing that i would say okay so i sat for a four-week retreat that's the longest one i did and people were like, yo, you're, what's going on? 
Let's say you live 95 years. Okay, if you're lucky, we get to be that old. Maybe 100. To take one month and just be quiet, knowing that that one month could radically change the course of the rest of your life. It does. It seems insane not to do it. Exactly. It seems like four weeks ain't even close to long enough. Exactly. You know? It's a sport. It's a muscle. It's a instrument. It's a technique. It's a practice. In the sense, it's a habit to rebaseline to higher states of consciousness, awareness, being, existence. One, when they do any activity, understands the 10,000 hours of mastery. And so they know that I pick up the basketball, shoot the three-pointers, it's going to take me time to become better. I pick up the saxophone, play a little bit, it's going to take me time to get better. Everything, people know, coding, writing, even socializing honestly authentically with people takes time and practice to get good at and one thing that we must figure out how to make sexy is for consciousness to be instead of do Mm. to investigate its own awareness in a way like you said that where it's experiential and it's embodied and we become better at sensing where it's it's not like that coming from a a guru and that we can tell that that difference and so there's this i like to use compound interest as a way of of understanding this so We basically have, this is in High Level Perception, Chapter 2, Seed Theory. That same seed that we were talking about is over there on the left, the seed of the tree, just like the seed of the human getting its basic nutrient needs. And then that second portion on that left side says compound zone. And so this is where if you undergo the experiences that we're talking about at younger ages, you get approximately 30,000 days to live if you're about 82 years old in Mm -hmm. total of your life. A third of those you're gonna spend sleeping. So you get about a thousand months total. So to spend a month, whether it's four one week periods or one four month period, and you're going to revisit throughout your life. But what happens is this is compound interest in the sense that through the process of learning how to focus one's attention on something like respiration, mm-hmm. which we take 20,000 breaths every single day, thank you to the photosynthesis from phytoplankton and trees, the interdependence of all life, that Over time, we become more and more aware of that monkey mind and we hone in our focus more and more and refine it more and more. And then what happens is, like you described, and many of the great spiritual traditions and teachers talk about, it's a very perennial wisdom, is the idea of the pause. Mm -hmm. 
is created. Mm-hmm. We basically become Jedis. We become ninjas. <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful what, what's possible once we realize that we become sovereign in the sense that none of this sort of stimulus that occurs creates an, a reactionary immediate triggered response anymore but we become sovereign we slow down we cognize analyze peace respect happiness first then we formulate what we believe is something that can help ameliorate the situation maybe take ourselves out of the situation there's so many different strategies but it requires that that pause, that training that happens. And then what's nuts is that it doesn't just happen for yourself. You know, Sri Aurobindo and the Mother Miral Fasa talk a lot about you don't do yoga for yourself. You do yoga for yourself and everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Even unconsciously, you don't realize that you're doing it for everybody because now your family all of your loved ones, your friends, your coworkers, the community at large, everyone's experiencing your butterfly effect of uh, elevated state of being. And so that's the compound zone. That's the compound life effect. Like you described, taking it to do it now, especially in modernity where it's the hyper 24 seven cycle of distraction. distraction. Yeah. To do it now and to be able to gain the skills to actualize your deeper transcendent purposes and and north stars into the world in a more refined and jedi-like way is Mm -hmm. crucial yeah i agree i think it is an act of service initially you know it's done for you you know when i found the practice it was because my mind was making my life hard harder than it had to be and i wanted to stop prevent it from telling me to do bad ideas or telling me awful things about myself but meditation is an act of service because you cultivate a vibe uh, this is what my teacher Shinzen says all the time it's a uh, it's a vibe and you don't have to talk you don't the people will benefit from your practice you don't have to say anything to them just by the way you stand in line at the grocery store you know you can intentionally cultivate pleasant states and then yes. share that with people you can also unconsciously cultivate afflictive states and then share that with people. Yeah. So imagine if everyone took responsibility for this body mind and what's happening inside of it moment by moment and endeavored to plant seeds of compassion and loving kindness and joy. You know, that's possible. Yeah. Anyone can do it. And the more who do it, the better. And that's why I feel really passionate in my work about sharing the tools that I've been given that have made my life so much better so much more beautiful so much more peaceful and it's helped me to find work that i am uh fulfilled by and uh i'm just i'm passionate about what i do and i'm happy to share what i've learned with the people who are curious and reach out to me okay so we have the beginnings of George Haas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. George Haas. We have the beginnings of sitting for longer periods of time, shattering through the taboos, uncovering the tools yourself. 
that transform you and other people around you and you're and it's it's becoming so salient in your life that savage and saint becomes born mm-hmm. through that process mm-hmm. okay take us along the birth of that so i was i basically was living two lives uh in some sense at that point i was working in the gyms as a fitness trainer and uh, I was like big into the meathead culture of just crushing it, you know, savage, get it. And I was also training martial art. Um, I, ch- I was training Muay Thai, kickboxing, uh, Silat, uh, Filipino martial arts, Qigong and Tai Chi and self-defense. And I'm also sitting in circle with deep meditators, yogis and going on retreat. And so <laughs> in this it. half of my life, I feel some, you know, people are very light very fluid, very kind, maybe almost to a detriment sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. And then on the other side is like this hyper macho expression of masculinity and hard sparring and fighting. You know, I've competed in the ring. And it's like, okay, these these need to be brought together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> these need to be brought together. Um, because I, I've, I'd seen this modeled by a few men who, who I'd uh, – who crossed my path that they were absolute badasses like uh one guy i can remember uh a client of mine back in the day he was a competitive jujitsu fighter and i was training him in the gym this dude was a savage like he'll break your arms choke you out there's nothing you can do to stop him you know but he was the sweetest dude the kindest gentlest dude and i'm like wow i'd never seen that modeled before in my life i didn't know that was possible so i'm like you don't have to pick one you can do both yeah. and you should do both. Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about playing at the extremes yes. and then you can play all the notes in between. Yeah, yeah. So you're agile in your expression. You know, you can meet the demands of the moment. You can do what needs to be done, whatever it is. And there's been times in my life where the moment legitimately called for some expression of savagery, maybe not violence, but at least the shoulders back, show my teeth, you're not going to hurt this person while I'm around. And that was for the greater good. And, of course, there's moments that life is going to hand you where love, kindness, compassion is called for. I mean, often, always, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But I just love the idea of training to do both. And so that was kind of the birth of the savage and saint philosophy. And at a very black and white level, it's, yeah, meditation is saint, martial art is savage. But the deeper I dig on the path, and by the way, this is nothing new. You know, this is nothing new. I've just put my own words on it. But it's like, okay, what if your motivation in martial art is to be a a man of strength and integrity that can protect people from harm? That's pretty saintly. What if your motivation in meditation is to literally annihilate the illusion of, of self to have the direct experience of unity? to die before you die. That's pretty fucking savage, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So one is within the other, and they're always dancing together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... That's the I in the fish exactly. of the yin and yang. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. yin yang symbol. Yeah. That's why it says yeah. nothing new. It yeah. is the yin yang symbol. It is the yang symbol, symbol. yeah. I, I just stole it and yeah. I made it my own your, thing. Your new brand. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, the two poles and synthesizing them. I love it. Yeah. It's, a, it's beautiful. You know what? It just thought just came to me today. I saw this Doberman. I love Dobermans. And this Doberman was so friendly and sweet, and I stopped and played with it. But I also knew that this thing could rip my face off. 
but that just made me just drew me even closer to it so it's like hold that vibration of being dangerous but being in complete control of yourself and being totally committed to keeping the peace yeah that's what i feel called to yeah, yeah. practice and share yeah another really interesting yin yang style of this is the self-realization self-actualization so there's the you there's the self-realization of the unity consciousness the god consciousness the the symphony and there's the self-actualization of the unique artist playing a instrument or a melody in that symphony sure of achieving a unique north star gift mm -hmm. to contribute to the world mm -hmm. and all of the states in between and attempting to rise both of them up simultaneously right it's a very savage and saint it's very yin and yang and and it's very the ascent and descent happen at the same time mm -hmm. and so we very frequently end up rising to to big highs and then we end up sinking to new lows and then those new lows bring us to new highs and so the these ascent and descent happen at the same time and so there's a there's also a big synthesis with Isaac Newton's laws of motion where you have like in physics the third law of motion for reaction there's an equal and opposite reaction and so you start beginning to see patterns of well are there ways that physicalism actually synthesizes with consciousness and spirituality and then you really also get deeper into the whole savage and saint thing as well savage is very deeply physical yes and saint is very deeply spiritual yes and so this is perfect it's a great brand and Thanks. it looks perfect <laughs> i don't like to think of it as a brand it's a living philosophy it's is philosophy. my is, is what yeah. i'm it's what i'm living living philosophy yeah. yeah and yeah to your point you know i was on the beach today training by myself and just in the flow shadow boxing i had my collie sticks just moving but it becomes very meditative like it's i'm not the one doing it i'm watching it happen <laughs> so that practice is a meditation in itself it's i'm not sitting still you don't have to sit still to meditate yep you just have to pay attention yeah. and you can pay attention whatever you're doing yeah. Yeah. you know you reminded me of something when you made this distinction between self-realization and self-actualization i was in a retreat once years ago and at the end of the retreat the retreat manager came and uh spoke to the group and was giving us instructions about how to pack up and when to leave and stuff and she said leave the please leave your room cleaner than you found it mm -hmm. and i just thought about that and it's like that's the path of meditation is twofold self-actualization and self-realization the self-actualization is cleaning the room it's waking up into your life in this moment and realizing how can i make this body mind better yeah. what's my what was my purpose what is my reason for being what would fulfill me that's cleaning the room up mm -hmm. but then the wisdom path is leaving the room mm -hmm. you know uh, yeah. Yeah. stepping outside the self-experience or at least tasting the impermanence of the self-experience and realizing that you are bigger than what you thought you were yes. 
the heart path and the wisdom path. Yeah. Savage and the saint. Self-realization, self-actualization. Yeah. We have to do both. Yeah. Yes. At the poles, at the extremes, is the self-realizing that stays and dissolves in the mountaintop. And on the pole of self-actualizing is the 100-hour-a-week, 52-week-a-year grind, one hour of sleep a night, working harder than smarter Mm -hmm. type mentality towards even a goal that's about money and materialism and not about ethics and bringing something of moral virtue value into the world. Mm -hmm. We bring what we learn in the self-realization embodied, anchored in our soul into modernity, into the social fabric. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the gift, the butterfly effect. And within that process, the self-actualization naturally turns to be something that is more ethical, more moral, more virtuous, more driven by bringing an augmentation to the social fabric, a, a unique entrepreneurial idea or project that solves a sustainable development goal, that does something along those lines. And so... I like seeing it as those two poles and also there's the dirty bathwater in the two poles and there's the baby and to synthesize them into one. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, one of the things we talked about previously, I think the dirty bathwater on the savage side is discipline. Remember we talked about the shift from discipline to harmony. This is something that I've been just it has become more and more fascinating to me in my own life and in the work that I offer with the people who, who I work with. I just want to say Jocko Willink is someone that comes to mind on the whole sure discipline. Yeah. yeah. I would say he's a little more balanced. Someone who comes to mind for me, and this was someone brought this up on a tribe call recently, it was David Goggins. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with oh, him. Yeah, that, the fo- he has the 40% rule, which is super interesting. Right. But yeah, he pushed into he some 100 miles of yeah. running territory type thing. And yeah. God bless him. He's inspired yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, It's not for me to judge. But discipline can go too far to the point where it becomes rigid and you're, you're dragging yourself, kicking and screaming into things that you don't actually want to do, but you're misguided in the fact that this is somehow a good thing. But discipline must be cultivated first before you can shift to harmony. You can't take someone who has who has no, you know, direction or they're they're too easy on themselves and say, Oh yeah, I'm just it's well harmony wants me to eat this pint of ice cream. Yeah. yeah. No, the discipline must come first. And it must become pretty rigid. But then it must be given permission to flower into harmony. And that's when the thing that's best for you and the thing you want to do are the best thing. And I'm tasting fleeting moments of harmony in my life. I'm not there yet, but I'm working toward it. Now, here's the bridge. Mm -hmm. Embodiment and self-love. When you live inside your body, Mm -hmm. which sounds simple, but it's 
we we spend most of our attentional resources from the neck up. Yeah, yeah. We're very disconnected from our bodies. When you live inside your body, you feel your breath, you feel your food. Yeah. You know, you feel the movement. You can feel in real time how certain things affect the way you feel. Yeah. So you're more apt and more likely to choose the things that are best for you because you really live here. Yeah. I mean, you really live here. And then the other one is self-love. And that's a skill that takes practice dependent on your conditioning. But it can be practiced. Mm. And it maybe feels forced at first, but it, it can become quite authentic if you just stay in the practice and really, you know, repeat it and believe it. And then you start to treat yourself the way you would treat someone you love. That's harmony. That's coming into harmony with yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the bridge. That's the bridge. And it, in my view, I would say sometimes I'll see a man who's out of balance in savagery, which means he's too disciplined. Mm -hmm. And part of he's abandoning a real part of himself that he needs to confront and feel. And it's likely emotional. But that's the warrior's work. That's yeah. not soft. That's not hippy dippy. Yep. That's the warrior's work. You have to. S you have, especially as men, we have to sit and be present to how we, f what we're feeling. Because yeah. if you don't, those things that you're feeling that you're not aware of puppet your behavior, and you find yourself in some pretty shitty situations. And I'd live that life. I've done that, and a lot of guys do. But vulnerability is strength. The radical turning toward yeah. is the warrior's work. You know. Yeah, you can run 100 miles, you can uh, get into the ring, you know, you can train hard, whatever. Try to sit still for three days. Yeah. Or 30 minutes. Yeah. You know? Or yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, meditation is savage. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Those examples of the poles were really interesting that we've been we've been doing that in right. this conversation over and over again right. and showing the synthesis in between and the that is so beautiful and crucial because you're right, the discipline is such a critical aspect to it. And then the harmony is as well. And so is self love embodiment. Through you bringing up the precise words and feelings, the ground into anchor. Sure. In so look at the other end of the of the uh, continuum, saintliness. What would out of balance and saintliness look like? Oh yeah. Maybe this misguided view that you should never speak up for yourself, mm. or ruffle anyone's feathers, mm. or say what's true, yeah. or sacrifice your own truth. There you go. You know, like being nice. Rather than being kind, I think being kind is a good thing to strive for. And sometimes being kind requires having a difficult conversation. Yeah. Being nice is like always being polite and never speaking up for yourself. Or maybe this misguided view that a man's inborn, quite natural sense of aggression is to be castrated and is just bad. So we have to find the balance between the two and live in the middle. Yeah, this is Buddha's big revelation 2500 years ago that middle path that middle way yeah it works for all of the different poles that we're talking about mm -hmm. it's perfect really uh one of the interesting things about it is that for me it's helped to 
on that middle to ebb a little bit more on the side of doing in the sense of I see a macro level picture of 8 billion people on the planet and you know 4 billion of them connected in the interweb space I see the macro level movement of goods across the planet 90% of all world trade happening over by sea over barges through barges I'm watching indigenous wisdoms become more and more dug up and brought into modernity to deal with the ethical and moral and spiritual dilemmas mm -hmm. that are occurring in the desacralization of life as people feel like cogs in an economic machine. Mm. And one of the big realizations for me is as I'm undergoing this process of anchoring these elevated states of being dare i say christ consciousness buddha consciousness Lao Tzu confucius level consciousness in body in body butterfly affecting in modernity those types of states of being as much as i can that my simultaneous recognition that i have this deep passion to become more and more familiar with the decentralization technologies with tokenomics with quote light architecting and so my sort of essence being slightly more geared toward loving doing loving doing that Wu Wei style effortless action towards light architecting but helping nudge people towards light architecting because we know we need the sustainable development goal solved. We know that there's still almost a billion people that don't have access to that clean running water like so many of us do. We know that those basic nutrient needs for the seeds can be met so that the beautiful fruits can flower of the unique individual's contributory gifts. So it's almost we have such a uh, immediate everything's so fast and so immediate around us and it's sometimes it's hard to hone in and focus and you're right that we need to take the time to have that compound interest of investigating our own awareness our body to the extent at which we can become a better perfection hmm but I definitely do ebb more on the on the doing because I just know that there's a lot to do to make the abundant future that our hearts know is possible. Mm -hmm. That's something that has resonated with me. How does that resonate with you? Yeah, um, there is work to be done. And I appreciate your grand vision. You have a you you see a big landscape, um, and you have big goals, and may they come true. I tend to add more on the being side. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, I I have one heart, 
mind and body that is within my capacity to steward. And so that's primarily where I focus. And it ripples out. Yeah, the yeah. work ripples that's out. Totally true. Yeah, but yeah. that's my primary area of focus. That's not, I would like to think, uh, self-centered or egocentric, because if everyone took that view, the world would transform itself. But we need doers, and we need we need beers. Yeah, we need big picture, and we need small picture. Yeah. So you and I tend to gravitate toward opposite ends in that way. But c'est la vie. Yeah, and. Again, Sri Aurobindo and the Mother Mirella Foster are so strong with this. They talk about simultaneity being key and to basically never separate into two. And so even the idea of splitting the being and doing into two separate things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so. Opposite sides are the same coin. Coin. We're doing the same work. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I know. And this is then then we can get in. We'll get into some metaphysics around this type of stuff also in a a bit. I want to mention. Savage and Saint has mostly been focused on doing one-on-one. And then there's Tribe as well. Mm-hmm. But one-on-one is the has been your... You basically take your own embodied experiential wisdoms that you've taken in. And now you see that you've become a leader figure for people in helping them on their journeys as well. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I have... I have I have students and I have teachers. You know, I'm just yeah. in the middle. I also work w- with the Savage and Saint uh, consultancy. I have corporate clients. So I do work as a wellness consultant for uh, tech startups who want to really optimize the well-being of their uh, team, knowing that happy people, healthy people yes. are smart and have a lot of energy and everybody wins. Um, but yes, most of the work is done one-on-one. Um, and I work as a holistic health practitioner. So that's basically just an umbrella term for implementing natural means to optimize your health, vitality, happiness, wellness, sense of fulfillment. And the curriculum is pretty simple. Every unique body mind that comes to me has their own, you know, individual challenges and aspirations. And I don't offer a one size fits all kind of uh, cookie cutter approach, but I am a Czech student. Uh, Paul Czech is one of my mentors, and I've gone through his curriculum. And we can look at six basic pillars of wellness. You know, the mm. more I learn about health, the more simple it all becomes. It's not necessarily easy to implement, especially in a sick society. Yeah. But it's very simple. Okay, so here are the six areas of focus the quality of your attention, the state of your mind. Where does your mind go when you're not? When you're unconscious, are you constantly generating thoughts that are uh, coming with afflictive emotions? You know, are you ready to uh, entertain the idea that your mind is existing in the field of your awareness and that you can start to exercise some stewardship over your mind? Yes. Okay, so that's number one. That's a big one. That's huge. Okay. Ah, Number two is. Functional breathing. Yes. You know, just learn how to breathe. Watch a baby breathe. (laughs) Belly, cervical, thoracic, whole body breathes. But we go through life and we collect trauma and we disconnect from our body and we disconnect from nature and we become very shallow breathers. Attached to a shallow breath is this 
subtle, pervasive, constant feeling of anxiety. Something's something's wrong. Something's wrong. Some, I don't have enough. Yeah. You know, so just take a deep breath and learn how to breathe properly. And you can also learn how to breathe yourself in some pretty transcendent states. Yep. Number three, sleep. Are you getting enough sleep? Have a look at your sleep hygiene. Okay. Four, good quality hydration. Five, good quality nutrition. Whole foods that are not tainted with chemicals. Six, movement. You don't have to set the deadlift record. You can right. take a walk every day. Just move your body in a way that feels yes. good to you. Yes. You check those six boxes every single day. A lot of mental, emotional, spiritual, physical problems tend to dissolve. Yep. There are rules to the game of having a flesh and bone meat suit. Yep. And yep. you don't have to follow them. But if you don't, there's going to be problems. Yeah. So here are the rules. Do these things and you're going to feel better. <laughs> you're going to look better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to get out of the shitty relationship. You're going to quit the shitty job. You're going to have the courage to take the risk. Have a look at your body. You know, yeah. it's simple. Like I said, not easy, but the rules are very simple. Yeah. Interesting. So Paul Check has six pillars of. He's got lists. He's got a bunch of them, but those are the primary wellness. primary. Yeah. Areas of focus with regard like to that. one's vitality. Wellness vitality. And, uh, and uh, here's it. the beautiful yeah. thing about him and his curriculum. Yeah. Like I said, I was in the gym. I worked as a fitness professional. I also had this uh, secret life as a yogi. But when I met Paul, I say, okay, here's a guy who's actually, he's checking both boxes. Yeah. He's cultivating physical health and fitness and well-being, but it's in service of his spiritual path. Part of his spiritual path is honoring the temple of the organism. Yep. And so I, I didn't hadn't seen that model before. And that's what really brought f to me together the meditation and the fitness and the wellness It's like, oh, this is it. <laughs> so you don't don't ha don't look at it as, well, this is what I do for my mental health. This is what I do for my emotional. Health. This is what I do for my physical health. It's all connected. Yeah. You know, it's all spiritual. Yes, it's all spiritual. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. So for me, uh, staying f healthy is part of my spiritual practice. It's a way of saying, oh, thank you, creator, for this. You know, I didn't make this. This was a gift. I have to give it back. But while I'm here, I'll take good care of it. Yeah, I'll explore it. I'll breathe it. I'll move it. I'll let it get quiet. I'll see what secrets it has for me. Yep. Ooh, all right. <sighs> Oof. Okay. I love these pillars. They're so good. These simple, so right? Good. They're so good. And it totally makes sense that they're simple. And then it's brought into the context of one-on-ones given at wherever people are, tech companies or just companies in general and mm -hmm. their trajectories and wanting to augment their environments to be more conducive to things like these right. pillars of wellness. Spot on. Spot on. Yeah. So for me, it's like... Um, Can we review them? I just... I love doing these reviews. Yeah, yeah. They're really strong. All right, cool. Yeah. And I have, a, I have my... My handy dandy. You're going to make us some pictures? And my handy dandy notebook. So number one, we could say mind. I love that. Yeah. 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 Mind, consciousness, attention. And I like, I like to think of these in order of their importance. And yeah. we can think about that as, okay, what, you know, someone said once, if you want to know what God is, Think of the things you can't live without. 
So these yeah. in order. Consciousness yeah. is number one. one number if one. you're not conscious, yeah. Yeah, you one. might still be alive, but yeah. I don't know. Are you? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. you're I mean, you need you need to be conscious. Yeah. yeah, you need consciousness to be alive. So yeah, what's yeah. number two with regard to the survival of the organism? <laughs> you only get about three minutes without it, and then yeah. Yeah. you're out. So it must be pretty important, and yeah. it's worthy of exploration. Okay? Twenty thousand of them a day, and it's one of the best ways to train the mind yeah and it's teaches us about the interdependence of everything because it's the phytoplankton and the trees that oxygenate the planet right and it apparently i'm still trying to figure this out but apparently the most dmt is produced in the body during conscious breathing i have a transcendent experience every, every morning before i leave my house <laughs> I just Every breathe my way right into breath it. Breath is a DMT experience. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. I love it. Well, I studied with Wim Hof too, and he's yeah. he'll, he'll teach you how to really trip out on your breath. And uh, yeah, I've had some really uh, yeah psychedelic experiences on Stan those Groff substances too. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wim Hof, both of them. And again, yeah, that's yeah. nothing new either. Yogi's yeah, been telling us about right, breath right. work forever. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it takes a guy like Wim Hof or Stanislav Grof, who's charismatic and popular, and gets That's everyone right. to say, "Oh, wait a minute! Oh wait, yeah! Oh, let me let me have a look at this." <sighs> you know, who doesn't want us to know that the, you can heal yourself with breathing, with your mind, with sleeping, with nutrition, hydration, and movement? Billion-dollar companies, you know, multi-billion-dollar companies. And but some of them are waking up to realize that the only way for them to last into the next couple of decades is for them to incorporate these into their strategies mm-hmm. and to also also inclusively stakehold all of the the employees, the communities, the environment because that's actually what's going to gravitate more of the Gen Z and Generation Alpha in. Right. Would you say to his conscious breathing? No, yeah, well, just breath. Just breath. Yeah. Just breath. So you don't have to have some trippy transcendental breath practice. Just learn how to breathe functionally. If you ask the average person to take a breath, here's what they're going to do. The belly is just off. The diaphragm is just off. It's a shallow shoulder chest constricted breath. And that comes that, that's stressing your body out every time you take a breath. Mm-hmm. Just open the the lower abdomen and the belly and it's just like I'll tell my people, look, imagine you wake up on vacation, you're on an island, it's beautiful. You got a beautiful woman or a beautiful man next to you, what do you do? You go oh, Yeah, it just calms the system. Yep. Now imagine you're having a panic attack. Oh my god, you're freaking out. The breath is shot. Oh my, oh my okay. gosh. It's so now let's yeah, take yeah. those two extremes yeah, and yeah. inquire where does your yeah. everyday yeah. breath, when you're not paying attention to it, land on that continuum? Is it closer to the extreme panic attack or is it closer to the uh, fully <laughs> embodied relaxing breath? That's right. Okay. So out of those 20,000 breaths per day, how many of them do you take consciously? That's another way to say it. Sure. Yeah. And it, it's hard to dedicate attention to even like 5,000 of them a day yeah. to be conscious. But, but to do our best to sort of throughout the day, maybe if we can do 100 or 200 or 300 of them. Take a little micro dose. Take, take three. When take your a hand, micro when, dose of yeah. conscious breathing. That's the first time I've heard of when that. You, when you put your hand that. on the doorknob before you leave your house, take a little micro dose. Yep. Just take three. Yep. And then go out into the world. And at some point out there, take another three. Take three yeah, just yeah, keep exactly. popping micro hits. Pop micro hits of consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> so one. next okay. we have sleep. 
you know, we can go longer without food and water than we can go without sleep. Sleep is pretty critical to our survival. And when we sleep, we the the body goes through physical repairs, but also mental and emotional repairs. And sleep is regenerative and it and yeah. it's free medicine. And I work with a lot yeah, of type yeah, A super yeah, successful yeah. dudes who think they're doing themselves a favor by getting up at four thirty and going to the gym. I say you're stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. There you sleep go. for another hour and a half, you dummy. Yep. Yeah, that'd be better stepping for you. Over dollars to pick up dimes. <laughs> right. That's a great way to put it. Right. And actually Matt Walker and Why We Sleep uh, illustrates this point really heavily is that you actually can be significantly more productive by taking your extra hour of sleep uh, so that you can be at a higher state of creativity mm -hmm. where you don't fall into weird strategic downfalls during the day right yeah yeah, yeah that's super sleep is crucial yeah um and you, we got to get our eight hours and it's best that those eight hours come between around 10 and 6 because we are connected to the sun, sun. and the rhythms of the sun so we can't just decide that well yeah. i'm going to get eight hours from 3 a.m to 11 a.m no no we are we've collectively evolved to go through yeah. certain hormonal rhythms at certain times Connect to the rhythms of the sun. As the sun goes down, you start to go down. As the sun comes up, you start to come up. And this is a, the most general, which resonates because that's most general for the circadian rhythm of the biological organism, most generally. Yet there are all of these cases, like in Matt Walker's Why We Sleep and many of the other scientists that have identified that there are these indications also in kind of like the microbiome how it works where some people are cool with eating carbs some people are cool with eating vegetables some people are cool with eating carnivorous diets mm -hmm. and so there's all these different mixes of those and it's somewhat similar a little bit with um generally speaking yeah the eight hours is an important leg on the bar stool right for generally speaking but then yeah there are some people that that uh sleep maybe three to eleven but that's again; those are different places on the on the bell curve. The general center. Yeah, there's is, variability. Yeah. Yes, you just variability. have to be honest you with yourself. There you go. There as you go. does does yeah. sleeping three to eleven really work for me? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. you got to be honest. The with yourself. sunlight thing is the big thing because if it's in the winter and it's getting dark in the northern hemisphere at five o'clock p.m. and you're only getting five or six hours of sunlight, that's right. not as conducive because it's really nice to bake out in that light mm -hmm. for a vast majority of people. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next is hydration. Good, clean, quality water, not tap water, That's and enough of it. You can go longer with, without uh, food than you can go without water. So what does quality hydration look like in terms of, um, like we have... What do we have? We have the mostly it's interesting because <clears throat> in San Francisco, when our show was there for many years prior to this, our water comes from Hetch Hetchy, which is quite nice. And in L.A., the water comes from two places, the Colorado River, and then it also comes from the the eastern side of the Sierra Nevadas through the Owens Valley. And so... It's interesting because w it's all part of the hydrological cycle. The same water that dinosaurs drank 66 million years ago is the same water we're drinking now. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. And the same way that we're 
doing what are called EPPPs, environmentally persistent pharmaceutical pollutants. It's what's creating the parts per trillion of pharmaceutical molecular structures inside of our global hydrological cycle. Mm. And it's slowly upticking over time. And then that's causing issues as well. And so I wonder, you know, what would be a sustainable way to make sure we're getting peak level quality water and i would even hypothesize that there might even be good ways to do longitudinal testing because you know how people are playing around with nootropics right now could be interesting to see if there's a way to sort of do some sort of like you know enlightenment water right where there is some sort of a nootropic component to the water that enables us to to feel greater states of peace joy bliss that type of of stuff so there's that well, i think that uh, that's already in water yeah you know, <laughs> if you get good clean artisanal well water or spring water it's it's full of minerals and those are the nootropics that already exist thank you mother nature that are there to make us feel better I tend to err on the side of nature knows best rather than technology to uh, improve water. But you mentioned sustainability, and I guess there's not enough artisanal well water for all of us to drink it. So I don't have an answer for that question. I don't know. We desalinate in a lot of places like the Middle East right now. And the more that we learn nuclear fusion, how to actually extract more energy out than we put in to fuse atoms, then we can power desalination and many other of our energetic problems with burning fossil fuels and creating additional amounts of over 420 ppm of co2 that then acidify the oceans that then kill the phytoplankton that then can't oxygenate our air so it's all interconnected like that and so you're I I also tend to agree like the mycelial networks underground that have a two-way resource exchange with plants that 95 percent of plants use that that nature that knowledge in nature that interconnected dependence in nature is a lot of what we talk about when we say inclusive stakeholding protocols for humans in our social fabric it's a return to 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 biomimicking yeah yeah. Yeah, very cool so yeah, I, I definitely I definitely hear you that there's a lot of places like this where indigenous sort of wisdom is definitely spot on. But tech also comes in a little bit along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So quality hydration and how much are you drinking of water? I know it depends on each person, but well, as a general rule, what I'll tell my people is take your body weight, put it in ounces, cut it in half, and drink that many ounces of water per day. Oh, okay. So for me, I'm around 200 pounds. So I'll drink 100 ounces of water per ounces day. Of water. Yeah. It's like a gallon and a half or something? It's, a, it's about a gallon, actually. A gallon, okay, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, it's about a gallon. But if okay. here's the thing. I get a nice uh, mountain spring water delivered to my house in these big five-gallon glass drums. Oh, you get those big ones. And it tastes so good. I drink so much water. Yeah. It's going to be hard to drink a gallon of tap water a day because it doesn't taste good. Yeah. But you can easily get down a gallon of good water, I mean, if you're my size. Where do you get the mountain spring in the L.A. area? Uh, It's mountain spring water. It's just mountain spring water? Yeah, that's the 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 name of the company. company? Yeah. In the uh, metal no, they're glass. They're glass. Yeah. So and then you just give them the old glass one. Mm-hmm. They take the you take the new one. Yeah. And there's also a company out of New Zealand that I got really excited about called Zazen, the Zazen filter. Yeah. So then you can, but if you're delivered directly from it, yeah, Zazen's you pour the water right. in and it filters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I prefer okay. the Mountain Springs bottled right there at the source and and brought over in glass. Brought, it's, yeah, and you just yeah, so it's sustainable in that sense. Interesting. Okay, so that's a good one. So that's four quality hydration, nutrition, nutrition. Mm-hmm. Now, see, this one's so interesting because of the differences in microbiomes and planetary lineages. Right. Exactly. So this is where embodiment comes back into play. Live inside your body. There's people out there that say you should eat nothing but meat. There's people out there that say you should eat nothing but vegetables. There's people out there that say you should uh, not eat at all and and watch the sun. You know? And there's studies there's studies for all of them. Breatharians. Right. So you just have to live inside your body and start to determine what is my body good at turning into energy. Eat more of that. You know? Pay attention to how your food affects your mood. If you find yourself in a shitty mood, there you go. rather than think about That's some it. childhood trauma, That's it. maybe what do you have food. for breakfast? Food. How your Imagine food you have a baby and the baby is finicky. You're going to say, oh, maybe something she ate didn't agree with her. Maybe she hasn't gotten enough sleep. There it is. is she? Yeah. How does her yeah. breath look? You know. But we make our, like, our own self-care so much more complicated than it has to be. Yeah, yeah. So everybody comes from different parts of the world. And our ancestors were eating proportions of different kind of food. You know, yeah. I'm Northern Europe. They ate a lot of meat. I eat a whole foods, animal-based diet. I feel great. Yeah. Mental clarity, For sure. energy. For sure. You give me a bowl of rice, I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm going to need to take a nap when I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have to pay attention to your body. Yeah. You know, start to connect the dots. Don't read it in a book. Don't, tell, don't eat what someone else told you to eat. Especially what you see what happens with people is they get trapped in an ideology around yeah. their eating. You know, like veganism, for example. Yeah. Hey, if it works for you, keep, keep going. But a lot of people, they're, they start to become anemic or very yeah, frail. Yeah. But they yeah. told everybody that they're a vegan, everybody that they know. And they told everyone that you should, you should be a vegan too. And so now they're ignoring their body. They're not living from the intelligence of the body. They're living from the ideology. ideology. Yeah. yeah. So live inside your body. Your body knows. But you yeah. just have to open that line of communication. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then finally we have movement. And like I said, it doesn't have to be hardcore workouts. It could just be taking a walk. Move in a way that feels good for you every single day. You know, take a, take a hike in nature. Uh, go take your dog to the park and run around with them. Whatever, you know. Just move. We're, we're built to move. Um, the modern life is in stark contrast to our biology. Yeah. And so we have to move. And when we move, we feel better. So you, you develop a daily regimen around those th- six things. Yeah. A lot of problems go away. Now, when yes, I work with people, they do. I, right. when I work with people who are maybe really out of balance with regard to their health, it's a slow process. Yes, I'll yes, give you a, yes. to do to, to a task yeah. every day, and it's going to yeah. build upon itself. Because what happens is... When you start implementing these practices, you're cultivating energy every day. Yeah. You're making more deposits than you are withdrawals. You have vitality. So now, so now yeah. you have the energy to make more changes. Yes. But if on day one I say, okay, you're going to meditate 25 minutes a day. I need 10 minutes of breath work. Yeah. Uh, make sure you get 100 ounces of water, whole foods only. Yeah. And you got to work out, and you got to be in bed from 10 to 6. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. But yeah. if we can do it progressively. Yeah. And as you start to make the changes, you start to feel better. You start to look better. You start to have more life force energy in your body yes and then you know that okay if i do this it cultivates the life force energy if i do this it it's it depletes it yeah so you start to make wise choices because 
you feel the way your lifestyle affects you. Yes. And yes. if you don't feel the way your lifestyle affects you, if you live from the neck up yep. only, yep. you know, you, you can get sick and you can poison yourself and people do it, unfortunately. I like this. So f- feel the way that your lifestyle affects you and then hone in on enhancing vitality. I like this word vitality. In, in a sense, it's like peak performance mm-hmm. and peak performance requires tapping in to know how all of these things affect each individual right. uniquely. And then I love how, <laughs> I love how, ma- ma- it's just funny, like, it's just funny how modernity is going back to these sort of like very obvious principles very obvious (laughs) super obvious super simple again not necessarily easy to implement in a society that doesn't really value these things and if you want to claim really vibrant health and wellness for yourself in a society where that's not the norm you have to be willing to do things that most people don't do yeah yeah and that's uh krishnamurti yeah you we're we're very it's no measure of well or health health to be well adjusted to a sick society only sick society i love that guy man yeah yeah absolute rock star you will and that's why that's why it's going back to these and for those that are just on the audio version one mind consciousness attention two breath three sleep four quality hydration five nutrition six movement one person that comes up for me about movement is Ido Portal. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you <laughs> knew that I was going to say that too. I was like, this, uh, the, the men's tribe, which we're going to talk about in a moment, like, this is the most simple stuff. Like, Ido, he knows what he's, he knows what he's talking about because he literally is just biomimicking lizards. Yeah, you monkeys. Know, monkeys. Yeah, he's biomimicking, exactly. He's biomimicking the biology of where we come from. Mm-hmm. And so, Uh, It's literally like doing the like like the like the whole just, you know, glide dance, you know, get on all fours. Definitely. And yeah. And just do that for we're not again, this whole thing about incremental vitality. Oh, my gosh. It's so simple. Like when you're feeling that that moment where it's like and it's like I'm a stand. No, stop writing that email. Go and stand. Yeah. Stand up. Go into the sunlight. Go and do a little bit of movement and stretching. And you already know this. After 60 seconds, you come back, you feel a lot better. Right. Even just that one minute. So it's just that tapping in mm-hmm. to, to feel those things. Yeah. To not push through the yawning at 3 a.m. having to wake up at 7. It's like, oh, my gosh. Just, you know, hit the hay. Uh, you know, that's the other thing about you know, water and and nutrition the way that makes you feel attention that's why attention consciousness mind is at the top and that's why you mentioned it at the beginning and that's why it's so profoundly important to my life and so many others that have went on this path of becoming more enriched is because the very first thing that gives downstream to everything else is our ability to take control of what is this it's like an i i I like to just make the analogy even more uh, vicious in a sense because it really is like a it's like a it's like an elephant that that drank a bunch of 
cocaine water. And then and then, then the, you're the little monkey that's on top of the elephant, and the elephant is just yeah. all day long. And then the way to the incremental change in vitality to have the monkey slowly take the elephant further and further away from using any of that cocaine water. Cocaine water. (sighs) There's a line in uh, The Way of the Bodhisattva by Shantideva. It's something like, um, no worldly beast, however crazed, could do more harm than a mind. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. But until the elephant of mind is tethered all around by mindfulness, and then every virtue drops into into your hands. I love that. Yeah, I butchered the quote, but it's something it's like so that. Good. But it's true. It's Every have a look virtue. at where does your mind go, and actually, yeah. those other five recirculate up to the power of the mind. It, yes. The mind becomes yes. more clear, more still, more concentrated, more present. Yep. Um, there's there's an analogy that Paul told me once. It was, uh, you know, if, if when you're talking about higher states of consciousness or um, the no self experience or the non-dual imagine a man and a wife and a family and the man is responsible and there's steaks in the fridge and he's doing what he's supposed to do and his wife feels loved and he says babe i'm gonna go into the woods for two days i need some time she's gonna say god bless you i'll see you when you get back okay so that's taking care of your body so that you can go so consciousness can expand now imagine that same man He's not doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, kids are crying. He doesn't have a job. The friction between him and his wife. And he says, I got to get out of here. She says, what the fuck? You're not going anywhere. You stay put. So he says, we're not caring for the body. Then we can't touch the, the higher states. Yeah. It, 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 it's, yeah. it's not, it, there's, there it there's no distinction. There it is. The body is the mind. The mind is the body. It's the body mind. You show me where the mind stops yeah. and, the, yeah. and the body starts. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. The mind is extrapolated all throughout the body and that's beyond. It. Yeah, exactly. So that's it goes back to what I said earlier. Your the cultivation of your physical health, it's not about aesthetics, it's a spiritual practice. And it when that lands, those you know, a uh, a lifestyle that is healthy becomes effortless, more effortless. That's it. I love it. It's perfect. It's perfect. So eloquent. Honing in on that first principled understanding of I am constantly both the paradox of being perfect as well as constantly a work in progress of rebaselining myself to higher states automatically downstream creates the proper meeting of the other five, which feed back to the first one. It's and then everything on the self-actualization side lands as well of your unique gifts being contributory. But you're right that um, there's this very strange sort of economic social fabric machinery that exists where there's a there's a a, a, a mechanism of inhibitory strides towards that rebaselining and we have to do our best in these next architectures to eradicate these inhibitory aspects to rebaselining to those higher states in that machinery let's hit 
well, we kind of did this, but maybe as we kind of unpack on our way to, to tribe, there's a difference also, this is, this is important, so we'll, we'll definitely have you address this, that there's a difference it's all one, but there are these more slightly siloed specific sexes of of male and female, and that there's fluidity as well and all this type of stuff as well, but and masculinity and femininity and balance and also at extremes and all this type of stuff. But there's an evolutionary rhythm that has been happening for a long period of time that's baked into your literal cells and your genes and there's just it's, it's a, that in itself is what people tend to call something that's also a priori to your existence to your awareness and so there's something about the evolutionary difference between men and women that make in many ways like men aren't birthing children like let's just be like right like, sure. like there's that right there, there's some difference and so like what have been some of these like clearer evolutionary differences i mean we talked about the the savage one that's another pretty clear like evolutionary difference as well um mm -hmm. and and also how to move to harmony more as you've been describing what have you seen in that kind of like evolutionary male archetype um do you mean to move to harmony within oneself yeah and also evolutionarily as as a specific even as men in general planetarily as we become more of enlightened beings and match up with the divine feminine at the same time in the ascension. I think a, I think one way to really come into a more harmonious relationship is like you pointed out to really own the differences between men and women um, or masculine beings and feminine beings. There's like a major movement toward total equality um, now that I think is harmful. We are balanced. We're not equal. Not to say that men are better than women or women are better than men. But uh, women are really naturally very good at things that men aren't, and men are very naturally good at things that women aren't. Yeah. And um, I know you had Jordan Peterson. You talked to yeah. him, and I love what he has to say. Like this idea, you know, men and women have together been struggling against nature forever to survive. You know, we're in this together. Yeah. And more harmonious relationships are a byproduct of recognizing our inherent differences and valuing. Maybe for a man, imagine what it must be like to be a woman. I can remember this clear as day, man. I worked as a, a doorman in, at the nightclubs for 10 years. Oof. And um, wow. I have some wild stories yeah. for, for another time. <laughs> Round two. Off air. Round two, yeah. No, that was a very interesting line of work, actually. Yeah, and yeah. it was an opportunity to bring martial theory into martial practice to Ooh. see what works. Yeah, yeah. Because there was always an opportunity. But anyway, I can remember this. I'm standing at the door. And this woman rolls up, and it's early in the night. This was a particularly uh, busy nightclub, but there was no one there yet. It was like 9.30 or something. And this woman walks up, and she's by herself, and she's very, she's a very tiny woman. And uh, I just check her ID, and I'm 
uh, it's her and I let her in and I watch her go in and I'm just struck at how small she is and I realize in that moment for the first time ever and I was like 27 or something I was like her life is so much different than mine she has to think about things that never even occur to me that's it because I'm 6'3 210 pounds that's it yeah I'm like if that's someone it. wanted to hurt her there's really nothing that she could do to stop them and it just I was like oh my god yep and there was this like yep. moment of yes. understanding and compassion and love for her. Yes. Like, just like, so I think we need to honor our differences and, and imagine what it must be like to be each other. Yep. That's important. Yeah, exactly. Max Stossel has a really good bit that uh, probably about a year ago landed in my heart, which was when I was 27. So it's super interesting that that's about the time frame that you were saying it. Max Stossel has this bit where he goes that imagine if you as a man had like an eight or nine foot blue giant creature that wanted to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, imagine that you're a guy and you're just sitting in like a coffee shop and you look up and like four of those creatures are looking at you like, yeah. 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 yeah so just, yeah. Uh, just put yourself in one another's shoes, honor the differences, you know, don't try to, I, I don't want, this idea of a totally balanced uh, equality between the yeah. sexes that yeah. dis that dishonors, dishonors. our inborn yes. gifts. That's it, exactly. It exactly. feels so off to me. It is off, exactly. Well, that and that's the beauty of going so far to that pole that mm -hmm. we realize, oh, that pole's not, not all the way to the pole. Come right. back to the balance right. point. Yeah, because it's a quality of opportunity in terms of enabling all of our unique gifts to flourish with the basic needs being met, not a quality of outcome, a quality of opportunity, because people are inherently within our temperaments and within our drives. We're inherently going to have different gifts that we actualize. One person's gift of wanting to be a good mother or father to a child is completely different than somebody else's gift who's going to who's going to architect some of those decentralized protocols that we're talking about of the next generation sure that's going to yield a different fruit as well so we have to be yeah we definitely have to be mindful of that okay that's a, that's good i like that and then well, now let's do some of the stuff around tribe so we have what appears to be a swing into very clear as we, we we've been describing what can be called a, a toxic masculinity very clear what the, what that is to mm -hmm. a lot of us and then there's where's the like kind of swing into the enlightened masculinity where, where's the divine masculine where's that at where are these clubs for the divine masculine tribes one of them where are the other ones and why don't we have them what, mm -hmm. why, why don't we make those? So it's good. We've identified the dirty bathwater, but now we need to take the divine masculine baby out and propagate that throughout the world through memes, through groups. And so this is kind of, you know, tribe is thousands of people from around the world internationally that undergo this process of what you described with savages and saints of developing. Yeah. Evolving. So first thing I want to say, no disrespect. Yeah, hit me. Yeah. That phrase divine masculine always just oh, irks me a little it bit. It does? Okay, yeah. interesting. Because it means so many yeah. things to so many people that it means nothing. 
Interesting. And actually, interesting. A lot of the guys who really need to step into a collective like the one I've built yeah. are going to hear the word divine masculine and say, "Nah, not for yeah. me." Yeah, interesting. So I just like to think of it as practicing being a good man. Good man. You know, just be a good man. Yeah, like okay, a cool, really cool. solid man. And um, we've built this community. I'm in uh, with two dear friends, brothers of mine, colleagues, uh, Dave Burns and Justin Pierce. It's the three of us at the at the helm, and um, it's a collective of men dedicated to self mastery in their relationship with their self, in their intimate relationships, um, and in their pursuit of business and purpose. You know, so my primary offering to the collective is like what we discussed okay your relationship with yourself emotional healing um learning to love the man in the mirror really that's the healing path and when you love that man then you do no harm in the world um that you talked about toxic yeah. masculinity that's unexamined emotional trauma that's leaking out on people okay so we need to learn how to deal with that mm. clean up this little corner of creation take responsibility for your healing yeah and then you walk, you Love walk, it. you Love walk it. as medicine. Um, yeah, that's so that's my main focus, you know, in the, in the collective. But Justin, he teaches spiritual intimacy, yogic sexuality, tantra, um, mm. but in, in in a way that's not so esoteric. Yeah. And he models it because he lives it. Okay, he's in a beautiful relationship for ten years with his business partner, the mother of his daughter, and and they're they have a beautiful relationship. He's practicing what he preaches in a world of chronically single tantra experts. Okay. And Dave, Dave's uh, view of business is like a monastery. You know, he approaches his work as a vehicle for his awakening. And he's a very successful entrepreneur. Yeah. And he's got some super intelligent things to say. So be, those are the three pillars that we focus on. Self-mastery, purpose, and intimacy. And, um, you know, we get guys, the movement is moving and it's growing. And we got guys from all over the world tuning in. We have calls once a week. And, you know, another indispensable uh, resource, value of Tribe, is well two of them come to mind one we discussed earlier when you create the container that allows for honesty and guys can be really authentic about their what they're struggling with everybody collectively exhales because you realize oh everyone goes through this but no one talks about it so i'm not alone here in my suffering this is just part of being a, a human being a man okay the other thing that's valuable in a collective is an agreement on critical feedback you know, we will tell you things. You will tell each other things that everyone thinks about you, but no one says because polite society doesn't allow for it. Yep. So it's, yep. but it's, you know, it's not, the criticism is offered from an open heart as a gift. Yeah. Okay. This is what you need to know about yourself. It's like, oh, I never knew that I was being received that way. Yeah. So it's very eye opening. And, you know, everybody's different. Some guys, uh, their primary focus is what I'm offering. Some guys are more interested in what uh, the intimacy. Some guys are more in interested in business. But yeah, just yeah, like yeah. this list that we made earlier, yeah. it's the same. If you start coming oh, in the right sure. relationship with I yourself, that's going to deepen your intimacy. Your intimacy yeah. deepens. You're going to have more energy to go out and succeed. As you go out there and succeed, your practice of, cultiv of cultivation of vitality is going to become more important because you have more to give. So it's a cycle. It's a circle. And they, they all are they're all influencing each other. The three pillars. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> like, as above, so below, like savage and saint like tribe. I love it. Yeah, it's it's, it's spot on. Um, may we say that 
within the self-mastery purpose intimacy there is a there's a as we we talk about this the blooms two sigma is really important people that are mentored one-on-one perform two standard deviations above the mean or or 98% better than like the control that wouldn't have a one-on-one style mastery tribe is pairing men that have went through some of these areas and become more wise with men that are entering and in need of finding men that have went through this sure yeah all levels come through and there's something for everybody sometimes the catalyst for your growth is helping someone else that's so spot on sometimes you just have to show up as a basket case and say i'm so fucked up i need help yeah but both of those are catalysts for growth i love this i would just say yeah. We would want to have self-mastery, then intimacy, then purpose because oh, yeah, interesting. we will define self-mastery as a one-bodied practice, intimacy as a two-bodied practice, and business as a many-bodied practice. Oh, that's cool. So it's how are you practicing with, one, with your own body, that's how cool. are you connecting with another body, and how are you in the marketplace where everyone is coming and going. That's it, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So for those that are listening – the the order for for tribe is self mastery at one then intimacy at two because you're doing a intimate one-on-one relationship and like you described with your is it justin is mm-hmm. that right justin, justin yeah justin pierce one of the co-founders justin pierce yep. be great to have the co-founders when if they're in the area or when they come through yeah on the, man i was thinking program. that too actually we would love that yeah actually just a deeper in general collab with tribe will be an awesome project for us to undergo yeah i'm into it yeah hell yeah and that with the intimacy pillar with what you were describing with justin and with myself as well and with i assume many other cases with men that this is common is that i've had two i've had two three year relationships both of them have been extremely important fundamental in my development and we 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 need to realize that we ground our again these self-realizations that we have in that intimate relationship with Mm -hmm. someone else especially because the way that we came into this world is because two people had that and then had us portaled our consciousness into the world. And so we're going to portal more consciousness into the world. And so in order for that to flower and blossom, we need to be really good at communication, really mm-hmm. good at intimacy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And so that's another reason why, yeah, number two, because there's no other way for life to continue. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and then purpose makes sense on three because that's the whole business, the many idea yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's so spot on i love it dude yeah we got a yeah. good thing going man i've been it's been a real passion of mine to build this along with along with my guys and uh we're, i like to think we're doing good work out in the world man we we have a call once per week where guys tune in from all over all over the world and we also offer uh usually two twice per year an in-person intensive 
This year, being a little more complicated, we had to pivot to an online offering. Uh, this was just two weeks ago, actually, maybe three, but it was awesome. Given that it was online, the depth and the uh, the richness of the experience was... I'm just so happy to be in this work, man. It makes me feel good. And as much... Yeah. Uh, if, if I'm giving anything to the guys who show up that benefits them, their showing up benefits me tenfold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So there's a constant realization that's been happening in my life and so many others where it's basically this, like you described earlier with Savage and Saint, like you have your teachers and then you find yourself here and then you have your existing students and mm -hmm. like this is just your students teach you through your process of working with them and you teach your teachers by being their student and working with them yeah i heard shinzen say once when the teacher is ready the student appears yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no i think it's very important if you're going to uh <laughs> be a teacher or put or claim to be a teacher you better be a student too Yes, you know, exactly. You just have to remain 100%. a link in the chain. That's exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure my teachers, I know my teachers yeah. have teachers. I don't know, maybe some of them are old enough that most of their teachers are dead, but yeah. always remain a student. I look at my martial art teacher, Dan Asanto. He's probably 86, maybe. I don't know. He's in his 80s. Been training for, you know, 70 years. And he still humbles himself and goes to someone else's class and says, oh, interesting, that's how you do that? It. Oh, teach me that. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's incredible. Exactly. You're talking about a man who's got years in the game. You know, before mixed martial arts was even a thing, he was a mixed martial artist because he was yeah. studying all different arts with all different teachers. But he still humbles himself and learns. Yep, yep. I got good role models in my life, man. I'm lucky. Yes. Staying humble, even at mastery level, is beautiful. Then what happens is you keep upgrading because you actually learn from students. You learn from other fields of that can augment the existing field. Like there's always going to be the birth of new edges that are pushed in civilization's ordering of chaos and that the birth of the decentralization field is 12 years old and it's fascinating because what happens is now everybody has different blockchains of all different sorts that are developing across the planet and so it requires somebody to realize though that even though i'm a master in bioengineering that there's still unique applications and unique ways for me to synthesize and see what decentralization would look like in biotech sure. and stuff like that and that's when you can really like if you're a teacher especially you can look at a nine-year-old. We just had a Maya on the show. And the nine-year-old can literally just ooze wisdom and awe. But you have to have the faculties trained to be able to sense it and see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Tribe is once a week. Yeah, we have a call once a week. What is it on a day? Uh, it's every Thursday evening. Thursday evening. Yeah, and so Zoom style. It's on Zoom. Yeah, okay. and um, so I'll offer one. I'll host one call, and I'll teach or lecture about something that I find inspiring that day within the context of self mastery. But I like to, 
I don't like to just sit there and talk. You know, I'm, we're we're in dialogue. It's a circle. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's people who got it started, but we're not a we don't we're not above anyone. Yeah. We're all we're in the circle together. Yeah. And we talk and we share and we practice. That's what sets us apart. I think is that we practice. That's it. And we're endeavoring to cultivate daily practices that we know optimize our capacity as 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 one man as a man who someone else is depending on a relationship and as a man who's wanting to succeed with regard to his purpose um so yeah we'll rotate i'll host a call justin will host a call dave will host a call and then we have another man in a leadership position jackson harden he'll host a call and so there's always an opportunity just to check in and no one ever regrets coming to the call it's a nice little refresh it's yeah, a nice yeah, little check in exactly. you feel better you have some yeah, community yeah. And then, like I said, a few times a year, we get together for a residential retreat, and that's when we really dig deep into it. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And so is the call you and Justin and Dave and Jackson, are you guys doing, like, modules of self-mastery, like what you guys have maybe learned in the last week that you thought were was something exciting to share? And also you're checking in on the others in the circle that have goals and accountability that kind of stuff so there's actually one uh call per month with its specific aim is accountability okay so cool. it gives oh, everyone an opportunity to say okay this is what i'm working on this month yeah, and this yeah. is what i commit to having that's done great. by next month yeah because you know how it is when I you say that, it yeah, exactly. it's like one thing to say it to yourself it. it's another thing to say it to a group full of that's guys going who are going to hold you accountable, accountable. Yeah, you know that's a beautiful it, gift it is a huge gift yeah so that's yeah. that's its own actually call yeah. once per month i love that and then like i said my i'll just uh I wait to see what inspires me and I'll bring something inspiring to the call and I'll take some questions and questions usually lead to more discussion and but there's always practice. Yeah. You know, I usually guided meditation or offer some breath work or we're talking about we're exploring a long fast together we're going to do. I love it. That's or, such a good you idea. You know, a fungal uh protocol to uh clean the gut. So That's we're all in the stuff together. I love that. Those are you great. know, it's it's good to challenge yourself and when you're challenging yourself Knowing that there's 40 other dudes in it with you, they may not be in the same room as you, but they're in this with you. Then it's that's what we say. We will go further together than we can go alone. Yeah, a tribe. We we keep talking about how we're returning to more ancestral technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck is more uh, primal than tribe? Than tribe. And that's lost yeah. today. Yeah. We're isolated, man. We're alone. We're there's more ways to connect than ever before, but we're alone. So we got to get together, and that's why we that's why we do it. That's why we circle up. Yeah. And like we said, like we talked about before we got on air, it's not a boys' club. It's not no girls allowed. It's we're doing this so that we can be better men for the women in our lives, for the children in our lives. Yes. And men getting together with other men is important. Yes. And I'm not talking about locker room talk that's right. or getting drunk at the baseball game. That's cool. Do that. But I'm talking about getting together and being honest. Yeah. You know? powerful things happen in those circles yeah. that change lives <laughs> love that mm. ah what an excellent 700th yeah yeah that's man that's so good that's Se so on point seven's my lucky number it was my high school basketball number that's awesome yeah yeah high school <laughs> basketball number lucky number seven's one, my favorite number I love it yeah boom wow all right. Let's see. Man, 
did so many good things. I'm so damn happy. I'm so damn proud of us. We cruised through this so beautifully. Yeah, man, I'm really glad to be connected with you. Likewise. Thank you for this invitation. Likewise, Michael. Yeah, and Shaker Pie, again, pointed me in the direction of reaching out. Good luck, Shaker. I yeah. hope I can meet you one day. Hell yeah, yeah. We showed we showed a, um, we showed Michael a picture of us together, Shaker. And yeah, and and uh, we will. We'll definitely bring the boys, the men together. I'm really glad that what's cooking is exactly what is needed right now. You're facilitating just a, a quick thought about it is um are there different like tiers of involvement in terms of is there free and paid and what well that there's like? a free facebook group if you're on facebook um you know it's facebook but it's a good way to connect and get on the uh, bulletin board and see what's coming cool. there's one level of engagement and it's simply ten dollars per month and that gives you access to four calls per month Ten, ten, ten dollars a month. Yeah, I mean, oh really, my. I mean, that's, I. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. It's good, you know. I guess I'm I biased, but. I love it. It's quality. How how many boys come into the? How many men come into each one of the weekly? Um, I guess we've had as many as fifty. Yeah, and but. The ranks are building. Yeah, exactly. The ranks are building. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, like I said, we have our in-person intensives. Hopefully yep. next year or something we can get those back online. But the movement is moving. And if you're a man listening to this and you want to join a community of men that are dedicated to purpose, freedom, and love. Yeah. Um, that are dedicated to becoming the best versions of themselves and are willing to hold you accountable to do it. Then spend $10 a month, man, and join us on the calls because you're invited. Yeah. You know, all men are welcome. All men are welcome. We are unified only by our allegiance to personal growth through practice. Come, get down. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. That link is in the bio below again, everyone. Let's, uh, let's unpack uh, one last thing, which is I wonder what you think the nature of reality is in general. Why do these realities exist? Man. You just saved the light question for the end, no, huh? Easiest question at the end, that's right. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. Why does reality exist? Yeah. It's an opportunity, maybe, for God to know God. <laughs> maybe complete unity with no duality for eternity upon eternity upon eternity gets kind of boring. So God splintered God's self off into you and me and trees and birds and everything so that God can see God. And maybe this reality exists for us to realize that we are it. Yeah. And we came here to taste all the flavors, the yeah. good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and all of it is offered to nudge us awake. beautiful eternally tasting flavors <laughs> yeah this whole idea of like if we use our imagination we just go beyond the four limb two eyed carbon based dna encoded creature that's in this specific style of soul vehicle we just use our imagination 
there's so many other styles of soul vehicles that will have so many other styles of tasting of phenomenology that exists. So all these different qualias, it's hard for people to imagine even a color outside the color wheel. <laughs> and so then it, like now you start like, okay, well, if I try to do that one, well, what about, you know, what are other states of qualia experience that exist? So eternally exploring that cyclically all the different ones seems to be a theme that even cutting-edge science is now starting to validate even sir roger penrose who won the nobel prize in physics in 2020 believes in cyclic cosmology mm. i love this i love this quote this quote's It's so good. He says, this is in, this is in chapter 10 of high level perception infinity. There was something before the big bang. And that something is what we will have in our future. Sir Roger Penrose. <laughs> That's like a koan. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh yeah. And, Last silly, playful question. What's your favorite food? It's hard to pick just one, although lately it's been hard for me to beat a nice pastured, grass-fed, medium-rare, salted, buttered ribeye steak. Yep. Yep. I'm getting a little hungry just thinking about it. Thinking about it. Yeah. We've had that answer before. You went into the most detail on the ribeye. I like that. Do you do sides? Sure. What do you do for sides? Um, mostly above ground vegetables and uh, kimchi, avocado, things like that. Interesting. If I'm feeling yeah. like relaxing the regimen, yeah. then a good, the best side for actually, there's three best sides you, for ribeye you said, steak. You said you're I, part Irish. Yeah. So, so you already know one of them. We have mashed potatoes. That's one. I like a baked potato. Baked potato. Yeah. Okay. Number two, portobello mushroom. Oh, love Number that. three, yeah, yeah. fried onions. Oh my gosh, those are all so good. Yeah. And what do you go for above ground? Like asparagus, or what are you talking about? Yeah, well, I just it's like like I said, um, I prefer foods with a high, lower glycemic index. Oh sure. Because uh, my body just is sure, much sure. better at being me. When there's a lot of fat and not a lot of carbohydrate. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, above ground vegetables, you like asparagus, spinach, you know, okay. things like that, leafy greens. Yeah. But then when you go below the ground, the potatoes, the sweet potatoes, stuff like that, I that's know. when your boy starts getting sleepy. Sleepy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sounds so good. I know. That's a good choice. Yeah. And you're, you said medium rare was your, yeah. was your uh, amount of cookedness, preparedness. Interesting. Grass-fed, though. Some butter, some salt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of butter, lots of salt. Lots of butter, lots of salt. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you... And you like the fattier because of the ribeye. You get a little more fat. Some marble. Yeah. Have you had a Wagyu? Yeah. Yeah, you have? Yeah, that's... I For my first time, I had that when I was kind of finishing up high-level perception. And 
It was really good. Yeah. It, someone told me that it's like uh it's like drinking steak. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's that's kind of what it's like. That's uh, kind of what it's like. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a uh, there's something really special about um in a very sustainable way. And have you heard of growing meat in bioreactors? And yeah, you're yeah, it's yeah. not natural for yeah, exactly. It's interesting. I don't know yet. We we have to do longitudinal tests because there's a lot of people in Silicon Valley doing the whole biotech thing, and it's exciting because I got you know into it as well. And then one of the things is that I just wonder, like, if you do grow and do things like try and proliferate stem cells on these collagen scaffoldings inside of massive bioreactors, you know, you just wonder if that me eating a ribeye or wagyu of that growth is going to longitudinally give me similar better or worse life effects one of my friends uh tristan he says that the benefit of doing the grass-fed meat is that the animal acts as a juicer right yeah yeah a lot of environmental problems can be solved if we return the ruminants to the soil and yeah, that's and that's yeah. the cycle that's been existing. So yeah. it's it's a very very interesting sort of what we're going to figure out in the next couple of decades around that. So I guess we'll see how that that space evolves. But f- eat what feels yeah right. But we also have to be careful. Sorry, just slight thing also is that we have to be careful inside of all of those packages of the alternative based foods. Uh, alternative meats and alternative all this different type of stuff cheeses and all these types of things like be really careful like what is on the back of the you know what's on the ingredient list yeah yeah so just be careful that's it michael holt thanks so much for coming on the show brother i appreciate you man what a dope show what a good one thank you (laughs) namaste bow to the divine in you my man likewise love it what an incredible journey. What an incredible 700th show. I love it. All things masculinity, spirituality, well-being. I love the breakdowns. Super, super rich breakdowns. Again, because we love to do brief reviews. One, mind, consciousness, attention. And that goes to breath, sleep, quality, hydration, nutrition, movement. And those have a feedback loop to the first and then self-mastery, intimacy, purpose. Yeah, if so anyone simple. wants to connect, um, my website is and, uh Links in the bio. Yeah, link in bio, tribe, menscommunity.com. I'm on Instagram, Savage and Saint, So, All those links in the bio below. Go follow Michael. Go and sign up for tribe. Please please check it out check out savage and saint as well michael's website check that out send the link to people that especially men that need to learn about what the good men community is like send the link around like the video subscribe comment below with your thoughts on the video continue supporting the artists, the entrepreneurs, the spiritual leaders, the scientists, the engineers that you believe in your communities and around the world. You can support simulation. Our links are below to our show. 700 of these in route 
to a really powerful 2021. Got a lot of epicness coming. I know you do. Look at these flowers. These flowers of all the guests that we have on the show, all the different content that they're sharing with you, different opportunities that they're sharing with you. So jump on. That's all, folks. All right. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you. Thank you. Build the future. Manifest your dreams into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you soon. Peace.